Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Good afternoon. Hello to everyone. This is the Fashion Lab, the first fashion business radio show to go live in the world. My name is Lisa Gumba Regis Ford. And on today's lab, we're going to be dissecting and discussing the rise of menswear. We did it again last year, but we got to do it again because uh, we've got to just keep up to par. And we also have to just find out if what we are talking about last year is still relevant Absolutely. this year. When we talk about the rise of menswear, we obviously want to know that it actually is a rise mm-hmm. of menswear. Now, if you're tuning in for the first time, Fashion Lab is the first fashion business radio show to go live in the world. And our mission is to help develop, grow and sustain the business behind the African fashion industry. Now, sitting with me in studio is Morwick Peterson, <laughs> my co-host, co-producer. Good afternoon, everyone. And Morwick, do you want to share what you're wearing at least? Um, yeah, today I'm a bit in a bit of sky blue. I have a sky blue um, suit jacket. Normally, you don't put on a suit jacket without the pants. But I said, you know what? Uh, what the hell? Let me just put on the blue <laughs> because I have on a white pants. And then I have one of Mo's bows on. Um, very customized. You know, it's one of the mini ones. We will take a picture and, you know, put it on our social media and tell me what you think. And yes, my hair's still down. Liz. It's still under treatment. I know his hair is And not, your hair looks amazing. His, his hair is not sitting to the left, but <laughs> mine's trying to sit to the right today. <laughs> volumes, but, volumes. Yes. We also have uh, a special guest in studio. Um, and we will be, he will be joining us in this conversation around the rise of menswear because he is worthy to join us <laughs> on this show. Gerard Forster is a communication branded, communication branded entertainment and content strategist. Welcome to the show, Gerard. Thank you, Liz. Thank um, you normally, we don't introduce uh, people like you, our lovely guests, before we get into a little um, cleaning of the house and kind of sweeping yeah, up. Yeah. But because you look so suave today, mm, and it's not you, good too. Yes, should you, I be you, worried? <laughs> <laughs> Am I the icebreaker for today? You are not the icebreaker. <laughs> okay, but okay. welcome to the show and share with our audience what you're wearing. Oh wow, pressure. Um, mm, Liz, why you be doing this? Some people G? would call it uh, color blocking. So I'm in dark blue, navy blue from head to toe. Um, wearing some cargo pants, a uh, pair of my favorite sneakers, some Stan Smith, Adidas, um, an extra length shirt with a Chinese collar, and a hat from Naked Ape. Hmm. Now you all understand why uh, Gerard is worthy to join us in. But anyway, we want to go straight into um, uh, just kind of getting into the menswear topic. Um, we're going to also be joined by another very special guest. Uh, on today's show, we'll also be uh, listening to Edgy Benson with Echoes from New York and our Senior trend analyst Nicola Cooper will also be joining us in just to have a conversation. So excited with us. to have her back. Yeah. So excited so to we'll, have her back. We will, uh, we have a kind of quite full uh, show today, but it's going to be nice. And, uh, if you're a menswear fanatic, especially consuming African brands in the continent, send us some tweets. We are on Fashion Lab AF. Uh, send your tweets coming in. Um, we also have a very fun segment normally at the end of the show. It's called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So feel free to also share your tweets with us. Let us know who you want to dress and why you want to dress them. Um, now, I was going through Euromonitor Euro because this is a very interesting topic again around menswear. And uh, 
According to Euromonitor.com, with a growing emphasis on personal appearance and an average disposable income that is still 50% higher than women's globally, men are actually spending more on apparel and footwear than ever before. Mm-hmm. And they also predict that by 2019, menswear is actually expected to contribute close to about US, 40 US billion dollars in sales to the global apparel market. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but Mo, G, do you, think, is uh, that surprising? Does it sound like something you expected? It, it is something that we expected, Liz, because for me, if you look at it, yes, menswear was really being pushed aside and was pushed um, secretly. You know, you would never hear really about the big menswear and fashion weeks and what's going on. But I think because men are becoming more comfortable, you know, and, um, with actually, in fact, with being more metrosexual, with being more into who they are, with being more comfortable with identifying um, who they are and their sense of dress code. And I think that's why when you look now in um, the century that we are, and I even think in, 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 in the from when is it like 2013 you know it really started booming so i mean for me i'm 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 absolutely excited and i'm not even surprised at all and i think it's still going to take globally it's going to take the world by storm and also yeah in in africa men are men are becoming on point and i think men are actually starting to shop more and look after themselves more than the females so i am not i'm, I'm not surprised at all i i don't know g what is your thoughts well yeah, I don't think that it's a surprise that this is a growing phenomenon. Um, I think, you know, one can also not look at these things in isolation. Because mm-hmm. the challenge you have is that given the work that I do and I kind of straddle different industries and I have insights into different things, if you just look at where the world is going, because it's becoming younger. So you have, you know, a place like South Africa where we have more than 60% millennials. Um, because you, you're dealing with younger generations, the, the generations that are kind of subscribing to different things right now, it's a very expressive generation. It's all about identity and being able to stand out. So from a youth perspective, I always say that the youth of today present what I call the beautiful contradiction because they all want to belong, but they also want to stand out. Um, and it's interesting to see how you know, a lot of fashion brands are starting to identify that, acknowledge that, and kind of build their businesses around those kinds of things. I mean, if we look at a place like Bramfontein, which is, you know, kind of hipster central at the moment, but you're finding all of these specialist apparel stores, you know, Puma Select Store, mm-hmm. Anatomy, et cetera, et cetera, because people are not just about, oh, this is my favorite brand, but they're becoming a lot more discerning because they want to get the latest drop of a limited edition shoe yeah, or whatever yeah. it may be so that they can stand out. So I think that we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, and it's great that, you know, that guys are no longer just getting dressed because they want to go to the sports bar or Absolutely. just to cover themselves. Absolutely. <laughs> well, says the, and, two, and I think says the two gentlemen in the room who are looking, like I said, you guys are looking like we're going, where are we going after this? Like, <laughs> where would you like to go, go I don't know. Any, let's talk about it towards the end yeah. of the show. I mean, we should also talk about what you're looking like. <laughs> yeah, Liz, you look, I've, I've I mean, been asking the whole time, is she, is she meeting the Kenyan president? And she's like, please. <laughs> 
Kenyatta. I mean, like if, if I think if Uhuru Kenyatta saw what Liz looked like today, he'll feel pressure. <laughs> you know, a rage marriage. Yeah, because because he, he'll just have like issues because he's just gonna rock up in like uh, a Savile Row suit. Well, well, President Uhuru Kenyatta, I hope you're also tuned into this one because uh, it wasn't me who said it. It's my guests who actually think that I'm really uh, representing Kenya in a special way today. No but doubt. I am wearing. I want to. I love juxtaposition. I like to juxtapose, and I love African print, and I love everything. So I'm just feeling a bit Brady and a bit like. Uh, Grace Jones today. Maybe that's who I need to dress at the end of the show. Anyway, moving on along, <laughs> I'm going to just introduce um, our topic of discussion. It's around the rise of menswear again. Uh, we're also going to be joined in studio by Simon Dana, who's the co-founder of SA Menswear Week. And also, it's just a nice time to actually have this conversation around menswear because menswear uh, essay, uh, menswear week uh, essay is coming up in next February. Week. Yes, from the third until the sixth of February. So another thing, of obviously, is also it's it's a big, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's still the only menswear week in Africa. Absolutely. But we still obviously have to start from somewhere to be mm-hmm. able to make sure that the whole continent will soon be having mm-hmm. their menswear week because of this demand yeah. um, of menswear. Um, obviously, we've got Joanne. Forster in studio as well and we will be joined by Nicola and Edgy uh, from New York as well. Remember this is the Fashion Lab show on Cliff Central we hold it down here every Thursday 1 to 2 Central African time and we would love to hear from you again. Keep your tweets coming at Fashion Lab AF Gerard, welcome to the show Thank you very much. Now as a brand communications branded entertainment and content strategy whew, mm. who operates across the African continent tell us a bit about what why selective choice of style uh, is so important to you and what it actually means to your career because you're not just a person who consumes style you are so selective about your consumption as well what does it do and how does it play a role in your career well i think that you know individual style and looks is always very important um based on what i just said about how we've evolved how the the world is getting younger you know, no longer do you have scenarios where, well, they still exist, but the, the the world has evolved in such a way that, you know, even in corporations, they have to introduce things like flexi time. People have to work from home more often. So even the, 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 the presentation of executives, uh, it's no longer expected that you have to wear a suit all the time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in those more conservative spaces, people who rock up looking like we do or rocking tattoos are kind of considered to be the creatives. But I think it's about defying certain stereotypes. Um, individual presentation is all also about the statement you're trying to make. So <clears throat> previously, if, if this was me 10 years ago, yes, I used to rock suits and ties and all of those kinds of things and i i i used to have a motto that said i only get dressed to go and get money hey mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all that's your boy <laughs> yeah because you have to look a particular way you have to project Absolutely. Absolutely. you have to project so if you're going in there you know from a position of power you have to be able to project that um it's also understanding that in the world across industries business is all about perception so if you are able to portray the proper perception of, yes, I come with integrity, I yield a, a certain amount of influence and power, et cetera, et cetera, then people will take you seriously. Um, and that kind of makes it a bit easier for you to transact. But if wow. you're going to rock up, you know, looking scruffy and whatever, and, you know, even in terms of things like posture, 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're slouching, you know, understanding that from a communications perspective, ninety percent or no more than seventy percent of communication is non-verbal. Yeah, mm. it's your body language, it's your posture, it's all of those. It's those so little not gestures. just what you're wearing. <laughs> no, but but what you're wearing is part of that. It plays an important role, doesn't it? You know, yes. I mean, for instance, I remember reading an article once that spoke about. Things like tips for interviews. If you're going for a job interview, they've always, they always used to advocate that you wear blue because blue is a color of communication. Um, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But we all know that colors do also kind of evoke different emotions within people. It's very interesting. I think in a nutshell, what G is saying to us here is if you look like two cents, you better know you're getting some two or two and a half. <laughs> Who's going to take you serious? <laughs> two and a half, Who's you know? Who's going to take you serious? Yes, but if you invest on your million dollar dollar look, then maybe you might be living with a bit of a, some milli milli. Yeah. So, so Jared, in terms of, because I know, I mean, you, your, your, your knowledge and your experience is so, um, I mean, you, you've been in, in great sectors. Um, particularly one that I want to go into is, the retail, mm-hmm. you know, which is an ever expanding, um, sector here in, in Africa mm-hmm. and also globally. Mm-hmm. And also because, you know, we're speaking about, you know, um, men's fashion and men's wear in terms of, you know, retail wise and what our strategy is as the African market. Mm-hmm. What are we pumping out there? What is that actually saying? Is it profitable in terms of margin lines? In terms of, is it, is it worth it? I don't know, to be honest with you, and I, I, you know, disclaimer, I stand the risk of being controversial here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know whether it's profitable. The thing is, in a South African context, mm-hmm. the challenge with business in general, yeah. in my experience, is that South African businesses are geared towards monopolies. Um, and because of that, you've got a small group of people Dictating the terms and conditions for the masses mm-hmm. Right So when you're going to major retailers They're demanding that you need to You need to you, you need to come in with Certain minimum quantities And then they're also demanding that Whatever your price point is Well firstly they're dictating the price point Your garment is going to mm. sell at mm. And then they're telling you that you have to build in A minimum of a 400% markup for them mm-hmm. mm. So for a Small designer yeah, who's like putting out designer, great, yeah, putting yeah. out some great stuff, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, their payment terms are 120 days. Yeah. So when you put all of that together, it just seems not worth not it. Business yeah. friendly. It, yeah, like you, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna be better for you to sell it out the back of your car, mm. um, because you can move smaller volumes mm. and have higher margins, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously not sustainable. Because I believe that. The, you know, the way to do business in Africa is that it's the high volume, low margin model. Yeah. So it does become a bit of a challenge in terms of retail. I also think that sometimes, you know, from a retail perspective, um, you, you sometimes find that the people who are kind of the buyers, the trend watchers, et cetera, et cetera, are not really in tune with what's happening on the ground. Because so they don't profound. understand. So profound. They don't understand the market. So profound. So they'll come with very conservative things that says, oh, you know, kind of old world, you have to match this with that, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, 
which would drive somebody like Liz extremely crazy because <laughs> she'll just be like, no, but we want color. We want texture. We yeah. want vibrancy. Mm. And, you know, and as I've said, is that you're dealing with an increasingly younger market. Mm-hmm. And for them, it's all about how do I stand out? I don't want to blend in. Yeah. I can be part of a collective, but I need to find a way to be an individual. Yeah, I find that so profound and so interesting because I read an article not so long ago um, where Tula Sinda was saying that the problem is because a lot of people were saying that, you know, there's a crisis and, you know, they fashion industry, the younger designers, the independent designers are all having problems. But he said we have to start moving away from consignment. You know, designers have to start moving um, away from consignment, especially we're speaking about um, particularly in, in, in men's where um, that, that was the whole topic, that you know, people need yeah. to move away from you, consignment. You know what, just to cut you short off, we're going to plug in Nicola just now, but just we're going to have this conversation and take it further. But I still think... Consignment has its pros and its cons and, and it works in different markets and does not work in certain markets. Mm-hmm. Like I know, for example, um, having conversations with Edgy, who's based in New York, who's conceptualizing collections all the way into distribution in those markets. Mm-hmm. He actually says consignment is the best way for visibility because a store owner is not going to just buy your stuff as Liz or Goombo, never experienced it, never had it in the store and just go straight into buying. But the model that would work from a consignment to a buying perspective is let's try out your stuff through consignment if it sells the next deal is let's buy so but i think let's just plug in nicola nicola good afternoon good afternoon and how are you good doing? afternoon nicola we're so hey, excited nicola. to have you on the show welcome back I'm so so happy to be back it's so it's good, good to, to hear, to hear your, your voices it's good to hear your voice too <laughs> welcome back <laughs> Yeah, being in isolation is not a good thing for someone like myself, hey? <laughs> Absolutely. We believe so, but I'm sure you're back and, and we will see you uh, soon. But Nicola, could you just share with us as well? We are obviously talking about the rise of menswear and nothing's changed since our last conversation last year. What are your thoughts? What are your predictions? What are you feeling? What are you thinking about it? As, as obviously menswear week is also coming up next week. Well, there's been a very strong emergence of menswear, not just in South Africa, but around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, with London, Paris, and New York starting their own menswear week simultaneously with our own SA Men's Week last year. Um, that in itself should be quite an indication of the, the desirability around menswear, not just, you know, sort of commercial menswear, but also avant-garde. Um, sort of designers like Raf Simmons, Yoshi Yamamoto, um, all these sort of Japanese avant-garde designers coming out with new and unique ways of presenting menswear. Um, and this is also around, and this is what I'm going to be talking at, about next week at uh, SA Menswear uh, Week, um, is the concept of menswear is also altering around the gender perception of men. Yeah. You know, what Mm. what actually makes a man? You know, do you have to dress in a stereotypical way or stereotypical manner? And and with the new trends around individualism and the idea of, you know, you just have to be yourself and be comfortable in what you're wearing. And if you have, um, quite frankly, I'm going to put it out there, the balls to wear something that is a little bit more avant-garde, then why shouldn't you have the opportunity to do so? Um, so what we're starting to see is not only the emergence of menswear from a commercial perspective, which it has in leaps and bounds alongside men's grooming products, new sort of terminology around men, um, 
you know, in the 1990s, Mark Simpson coined the phrase the metrosexual, and last year he coined the phrase the spornosexual, which is the, the, the evolution of, of the, the metrosexual. Um, but we've seen, you know, manscaping, the cultivated stubble, the beard, all of those coming in um, as opportunities for the concepts around men for product development. Uh, and that resounds firmly in clothing. So, you know, whether you're a designer that's designing commercial clothes for men, uh, footwear, ties, bow ties, whatever it is in terms of accessories, or you want to go a more avant-garde approach, there is a massive opportunity for it at present. Hmm. Wow, Nicola. Nicola, just um something that I also read in terms of you know what Yoji is doing for um winter autumn twenty sixteen. Um, a lot of things that I've been reading, especially for for the men's when what everyone is doing, Nicola, is a lot of um layering. You know, um, how long are we going to look at this trend where people just layer and layer? Because I cannot take that. In all honesty, I hate layering. <laughs> I feel no, so you, stiff. You're, and, much, you're a yeah. very tailored gents, Mo. You. You know, you impeccably put out. Um, I think the layering trend is is more about, I think, being able to alter one item of clothing. Yeah. And that is a very Japanese approach, Izzy Miyake, Yoshi Yamamoto, um, and even one of my favorite designers at the moment, which is Boris Bijan Saberi, mm-hmm. um, is all about layering for men, and, and that includes leggings and things like that. And probably why we don't adopt it so readily here is our climate. Um, In America and and in Europe, where they have very, very cold winters, layering is essential. So how to layer beautifully is what really these these, um, designers are approaching. For ourselves, we can get away with just a small amount of layering. Um, So I think, you know, in terms of the globalization of trends, we understand that layering is not the practic- most practical approach mm-hmm. for our <laughs> climate. Yeah. Um, but, however, there are different ways that we can incorporate that. But do you think um, we'll adapt it, Nicola? Do you think um, we will adapt it? And is it something that we can look out for at um, SA Men's where we can Cape Town that's coming up? I think I it think depends on your personality as well, I think. Liz, I think uh, Nicola. So too, Liz. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, Liz. I'm like back to Mawik who looks so different from everyone else. Like, seriously? Shots fired. I think we're going to adapt it, but I, I think it's more of a sports streetwear trend here uh-huh. than it is um, sort of a high fashion trend. I think our layering, um, because we are South Africans and enjoy pattern and color, you know, I think we're going to layer in terms of that, in terms of pattern against pattern, color against color, in that sort of perspective. We're going to definitely utilize that concept, but we're going to alter it to our own perception. Wow. Gee, what are your thoughts before Nicola uh, leaves? Because obviously, like I said, Morwick is here talking about layering. I'm like, he will never layer anywhere. Let's hear another. But that is what let's is happening. <laughs> that is what is happening let's, across let's the globe. Let's hear what Gerard, who's also quite style savvy, um, look, I just has to say. I just pray every day mm-hmm. that the world does not totally conform to Kanye West's version of what men's fashion should be. Absolutely. Amen. So that, um, Amen to that. Although we he might make a lot of money. <laughs> look, I'm sure, Nicola, but, you know, the hobo look is just not cool. As far as I'm concerned. For you. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody's going to take me seriously if I walk into a boardroom looking like that. 
Um, and I'm sure, you know, Hessian and all of those things are quite cool, natural fibers. But yeah, I think that, um, it's no, it's no surprise. Menswear will, will have to grow from strength to strength. Um, I mean, even if you just look at what's happening on the continent, I was having a conversation yesterday with some people, uh, with some friends of mine and pointing out some of the designers that I, uh, buy from in Ghana. I mean, there's a former Big Brother Africa contestant, Elikem, who... Yes, beautiful clothing. Beautiful. Who, exactly. He makes amazing stuff. He calls himself the tailor. Um, yes. I mean, from his suiting to his casual wear. And what's very interesting is how he's been able to kind of um, combine the kind of Western aesthetic of, you know, longer T-shirts, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and integrate things like African print and kente and all of those kinds and of things. And he's, he's recognized, he has international acclaim due to the fact that he has combined sort of the Western silhouette with the African element. Yeah. So beautiful and so contemporary. You know, we were going to have him on the show today. It's such a, it's just so funny because we were really trying to have him in, but I think his stuff is, is beautiful. Yeah, but beautiful. You, you didn't lock him in, Liz. You yeah, we lock didn't him lock him in. in, so we don't have him, but we might have him <laughs> another time. time. Maybe, yes. maybe he's still on honeymoon. <laughs> well, it's okay. So, okay. Nicola, just before you go, um, what can we be looking out for um, to all our listeners that's tuned in, you know, to all the guys that wants to become a little bit more um, savvy and how they, how, uh, how they present themselves and how they look for this winter and fall that's coming for 2016. Um, what tips can you give or, you know, in terms of trends? and? I think, you know, they need to start recognizing that the average jeans and T-shirts or a chino and shirt is not good enough anymore. Um, and really, to be taken seriously, you have to sort of be on the pulse of what is happening in in a contemporary environment. And I think a lot of the retailers are starting to recognize this. And, of course, the designers who are sort of in tune with the zeitgeist are starting to tap into that. And that's why events such as SM Menswear Week become so important for buyers to attend. Absolutely. Because these items will translate into what will inevitably become a man's wardrobe in South Africa. Wow. You know, obviously, maybe a tamer version, considering some of the designers showing on uh, Men's Wear Week, but there's some really incredible streetwear and street style that I hope to see manifesting um, in South Africa. And, and I do believe that men are going to start bending and breaking the rules to suit themselves and their personalities. Because... Um, there are no rules anymore, and, and there's no one set thing for, for an individual. It's about how you interpret fashion into your own style and your own persona. Absolutely. Mm. Thank, Thank you, you so much, much Nicola. Thank you. It's so good to be back. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back. To my family. <laughs> yes. Welcome back, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for your input. It's a pleasure. Ciao, ciao, Nicola. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. We're going to be right back after the break. This is the Fashion Lab on Cliff Central, and we are talking menswear. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. It's date night, and your wife wants you to bring Ray to bed with you. Hmm? You suggested Tyrion, or maybe even Sheldon, if she fancied something a little different. But no, Ray Donovan it is. So you get your tablet, and you meet her in the bedroom. Because with Showmax for 99 Rand a month, you get to watch full seasons of the biggest series. On the couch, in the kitchen, in bed. Online, anytime. So get to Showmax.com and get your seven-day free trial. Fashion Lab on CliffCentral.com. 
This is the Fashion Lab again, and we are obviously discussing the rise of menswear uh, in 2016. We already touched on this last year, and uh, we want to continue touching on it because we believe that um, it's an evergreen it is a industry. Big thing. Yes. Now we're going to just welcome um, Simon Dina, who's the co-founder of SA Menswear Week, uh, onto the show. Simon, good afternoon. Uh, hi there. No, thanks for having me. Good afternoon, Simon. Hi there. How are you today? I'm good. It's just trying to get all the last back-end things done ahead of menswear week. We've got about 10 tons of equipment to get into the stadium by next week. Wow. So I'm just overseeing that today, but it's going to be a good one. Well, Simon, before we go further, why don't you just share with us a bit about uh, the vision behind men- SA Menswear and how you guys are doing so far? Okay. Well, well, men- Menswear Week is the, the only focused platform in Africa. So instead of flooding Africa with a whole lot of little Menswear Weeks and diluting what we were trying to achieve, we, we work quite extensively with the fashion weeks in Nigeria, Tanzania, such as Swahili Fashion Week or Lagos Fashion and Design Week. And we, we've really brought the best of menswear to complement what is available in South Africa in terms of the designers. And we've made it a very, very broad spread. It's taken us a year to get into a groove. And we've got everything from the most cutting-edge streetwear through to tailored suits to even some conceptual designers. So the world is really looking. And our, our vision is to really put it out there and show case those designers in a truly world class platform and hopefully that translates into greater awareness which is our goal because at the end of the day we want south african men to be buying south african men's wear and it is really really you know competitive you know why why are you buying an imported brand when you could buy something local where the quality and the design and Mm. everything is right up there with what you'd buy from abroad um, Simon, it's it's Morikim. Um, you know, I, I find it so interesting that you just mentioned about the quality that we look at, especially when it comes to um, men's apparel and the way men's apparel gets put together, and you know the final stages and 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 just on the detail. I mean, in terms of designers that you guys are hosting and that's going to be showing at um, SA Men's um, Wear Week. I mean, what is what is the type of standard? You know. Is are we on an international standard? That is what I basically want to ask you. Is our guys or the designers are we on an international standard when it comes to men's apparel in Africa right now? Um, I'd, I'd I'd like to say yes. Um, we spend a lot of time with our sixteen member curation panel. So every single designer on that schedule is not there because they're a friend or we like them or mm. they're popular at the moment. They've had to undergo a series of criteria to show. And, you know, that's in, in the background. Are they a business? Are they able to meet a particular demand? Whilst some of our young designers are not quite there yet, we've got mechanisms in place just for that one in a million chance that they secure a big order because somebody saw them showcasing and they need to export, you know, a thousand units in 60 days or 30 days time. Um, but in terms of design, I, I definitely think we are there. Um, we, we have unique challenges in South Africa and Africa, such as access to fabrics and manufacturing and capital, which I'm sure has been discussed to death. But in terms of the design talent, yeah. I, I think we, we are genuinely comparable to anything on earth. And the proof in that, for example, was 
um, last year, three of the designers that we had, they just showcased in Pity Umo. And that is really wow. alongside the best on earth. And for yes. example, Adrian Caters and Jody Paulson, as well as Lucanio Mdingi and Nicholas Kutz, who are on, on our schedule. They are wow. off, they've come back from Pity 10 days ago. And I was just reading a thing um, on Vogue written by Susie Menkes, and she was saying, you know, that it was a great show. It was good design. And and what we championing at SA Menswear Week is the next generation, or current even to some degree, of truly African design. Um, I think Africa is no longer just colorful prints and oversized shirts and things (laughs) like that. Um, it, it was actually that there was a term I heard when we were chatting last year at London Collections Men that they said they're glad to see Africa is evolving beyond trinket fashion, which, which in some Absolutely. way was a little bit insulting. Yeah, but, very insulting. But, but yes. also it, 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 was, it, it, it was sort of the on truth. the money in a way <laughs> yes. because a lot of people think of Africa like that. Yet if you send, for example, a – um, let, let's just pick at random C squared suit down the ramp with any equivalent brand from Europe. It's comparable. If you compare something like Richard Nisi to the equivalent designers in the rest of the world, it's on par. Um, yeah. Genevieve Lyons, I think could go and give a lot of those established, slightly conceptual designers a run for their money. Absolutely. Um, and you know, our, our streetwear brands, um, if you look at like, we've really paid attention to this this time. Soul Soul, Two Bop, Young and Lazy. If you look at the likes of what they're selling and they're moving incredible numbers to, of product to an extremely global audience. It, you know, it really shows you that no, Trinket Africa, it's there, but this isn't what we want the world to see. I want them to, leave and know that we've got amazing design. And I think a lot of the world will be even more shocked when they know just how many challenges our designers have versus being in big mm. established markets. Simon, it's Gerard here. I just have a question off the back of what you were talking about. Um, I agree with you in terms of your response to Morwick's question. I don't think that we've ever had a issue with design quality. But running a platform like yours, what what support mechanisms are there to be able to convert those up-and-coming designers or the next generation of designers to turn them into people that can have sustainable businesses. Profitable, yeah. Yes, that, that that's a very, very important part because I think what has happened with Fashion Weeks, particularly in South Africa and Africa, is either they fall into one of two categories. They're a, we are everything, we will handle every part of your business or try and guide mm. you on it. Or the other part is, is they become a bit like an entertainment platform. Yeah. And unfortunately, the, the global trends show that neither are sustainable. And what you end up with is empty platforms or platforms that are recycling, uh, or should I say cycling through a lot of designers because none of them, A, you touched on profitability, can actually afford to stay in business and mm-hmm. show new collections. It's a, it's a backbreaking sell your house and car, um, thing for designers really to put out these collections if they don't have sustainable businesses so vanity showing we do not believe in but also at the same time we we're we're not pretending to be anything more than a fashion week actually is which is a marketing platform but then we realize that we are operating in a unique market so we can't just say oh that's what it is internationally we Mm -hmm. want to be that um so i'll steal 
Nicola's word glocalization. So we take a little bit of what's happening here mm-hmm. and we are working with those designers. So in the background, we've got access to international fabrics that they can look through swatch books here and we can get them into South Africa within 10 days through our back-end partnerships. And there's no real cost to them to get it here. Um, it's not a long-term sustainable solution, but it may be a bit of an advantage to getting their brand forward a little bit faster than it would otherwise um, be able to get there. And then also something that everyone, no matter how big they are, they come back to us every time and they say they're struggling to have their stuff made. So what we've done is we've worked really, really hard with the likes of Cape Town Fashion Council and SA Fashion Council, and then really just asking people in the industry, those people who've been in the industry 30 years just for advice, who to go to and talk. So we've got together a CMT network of people where we've said to them, look, these smaller designers can't meet your minimum orders, but across a number of them, the business numbers do make sense, an economies of scale argument, so to speak. Mm. So we've had, you know, for example, at the moment, Chu, um, I don't really want to go into the, the detail that although everyone sees Chu as this established designer, you know, he is only actually doing a second collection and he's struggling like all of them. And I know he won't mind me sharing this to find reliable manufacturing, which Absolutely. I think we've just managed to crack because it's one thing having your stuff sampled, but it's another thing for when, someone places an order for 30 units because to most big CMTs where you will get the quality that you're after, that's that's an order that they're not even going to bother picking up the telephone. Mm-hmm. But it's crucial to that designer in order to remain profitable and grow their businesses. So a- again, we we are a marketing platform, but in the background, we are trying to put the programs into place. And it's something that it, it takes time, but we're trying to not knock our heads. We're trying to learn from other lessons and work with each designer. Um, so we've managed to find quite a few good suppliers to assist them. And then also we work quite closely. For example, um, I'll mention the streetwear brands, um, the Soul Souls, Tubop and Young and Lazy, you know, mm. through just being involved or mentioned in the previous menswear week, they are stocking, for example, on Superbalist and they're moving incredible amount of product through there so you know we we haven't cracked all the distribution channels because we don't feel that that is our business and research has shown that that isn't our business but linking them up and putting someone in the middle that can offer advice where the pitfalls are because either they may be a designer that's undergone it or they may be um, a business strategist that could see a little bit further than a designer because sometimes creatives don't make the best business people. Simon, um, what is the, between last year and this year, what are you carrying, I mean, are you showing the same number of designers or do you have an increase in um, interested male designers who also actually want to use your platform um, to show? Yes, well, look, we, 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 the the first thing we, when we started Menswear Week, we said, if we have five designers that meet the criteria then we'll only show five luckily we didn't we had 21 from what i remember it grew to just over 30 and now we're just on 40 including just over 40 actually with our presentation designers the term interested is very very interesting because we had over 300 applications to show from 16 countries across the continent um 
a lot of these designers, I think, would be able to put together a good show. But again, whilst and where we are currently positioned, we've got to maintain at least a 60% South African design entry, if that makes any sense. There's some interesting things in future where we are going because the world, because again, we're also the only fashion week on an international calendar. So, you know, the world is looking at us as the African stop, but logistically there are issues there. Um, so we, we've got, I think, about 60% of our, 70% of our designers re-showing, which if you look at Fashion Week schedules in South Africa is an incredibly high number of return. And I actually can't remember the question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Simon, I just want to congratulate you real quick to just before we go, because Liz is also showing me, she's saying we're running out of time that, you know, um, a lot of people don't know that this is really a passion project and that most of the money is from your pocket. And, you know, I just really want to congratulate you. And if there's any big sponsors, or anyone listening out there, please, I mean, this opportunity is world-class. It's on an international standard. Um, Simon, thank you so much for being on um, Fashion Lab Africa radio show, you know, and we're so excited. Um, I, I mean, personally, I'm very excited to be coming down to Cape Town um, to be a right. part of your show and seeing what you guys have to offer. And I think you guys are doing absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for your time, Simon. Thank you very thank much you. for having me, and we can't wait to have you in Cape Town. Okay, Simon, thank you. Thank have you. a good afternoon. Thanks, everyone. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, guys, that was Simon uh, from SA Menswear Week. And um, obviously, we're getting towards the end of uh, the show, and we're getting to that favorite time um, where we'll be talking about who we want to dress and why. But before we move on to there, uh, Gerard, who's in studio with us, obviously um, has been on the show with us the whole uh, morning just talking menswear Gerard what is it about uh, I want to talk about signature looks and I want to talk about that because we've had a few conversations off air with you um, about how you want to take the brand to the next level so consuming and having a style like Morwick has a signature look obviously is one thing um, making it signature to you is another is and, and, and obviously there's different ways. I mean, Thank you, Liz. Thank yes. You. Yeah, you Thank have, you. you do. I mean, like, really, I mean, like, even if you want to fight with me, I'll have to, I'll have to give you the credit and say you have, a, you. that is your Thank signature you. look. Now, the, how, the pushing it to the next level is where you now have, like, what Gerard was talking about, um, off air is things like sort of, you know, having your own logo and then having your own. Can you just talk a bit about that? Because obviously when it comes to branding, branding is a big thing, but obviously mm -hmm. it still um, is aligned to fashion and style. Yeah. And it's how you are able to push it from just a look. Like I always see you with that hat, with a hat and, a, you know, I've seen you with a look, but then mm. how do you take that look now to a whole new level? As a brand. Really branding it as, yeah. as Gerard's look or as Morwick's look or as, Liz's look. Or, yeah, or as Liz's look. <laughs> Can that really be defined? He's, he, he should share with us um, a bit. About I think it, it really depends on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, taking into consideration that it's about expression and it comes down to the individual. Um, I was, I was talking to some young people a, a couple of weeks ago who, said to me, oh, you've got great swag. Yeah. And I said to them, no, 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 gentlemen, mm -hmm. uh, let me correct you. Uh, swag does not exist here. Uh, I have style. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and that's simply because of something else that I read that was, you know, swag is an acronym for stuff we ain't got. 
Ooh. And I got all of this. Yeah. So, so it's I'm not, not swag. I'm, I'm not aspiring. <laughs> absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, and so I think, Liz, to, to, to try and answer your question, it, it really depends on how, how the individual sees themselves in the context of the rest of the world, their community, etc. Um, if it comes down to personal branding. So if you believe that you are a brand. Yeah. Um, then it means that a lot of the essence of who you are, how you express yourself, et cetera, et cetera, should be able to permeate into every extension of who you are. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, it's like yesterday I was, I was with a friend of ours, Chad Simon, and we were in a, in a store and we're just looking at shoes. And I said, Oh, what do you think of that one? And to your point, he was like, Oh, that shoe is very you. So it means that, you know, if people spend enough time with you, mm-hmm. they understand yeah. your aesthetic. Yes, that's beautiful. You that's know? beautiful. So it's really about you being able to say, okay, this particular aesthetic is what resonates with me. Absolutely. And so that's what I'm going to subscribe to. Yeah. But then when you want to take ownership of you, it's, you know, in terms of our offline conversations where I'm like, okay, I've developed a personal brand in terms of a logo and identity. And I want to be able to put my mark on that. Um, and it's very funny because I was in Ghana and I had, um, a, a tailor guy, he runs a brand called Edenoa Wear, uh, make some garments for me for the Ghana Music Awards. And he, he literally embroidered and integrated my personal brand into it. And people saw me on the red carpet and then they start, and once they knew who the designer was, he started getting calls. But they wanted the exact replica of the thing that had my brand on it. They're <laughs> like, sorry, that, remove my brand, remove. Yeah, I said to him, you can do just that, but the same shirt. But just, just don't, don't put my brand. Then they were yeah. like, no, but we want that. No, <laughs> we want that one. <laughs> wow. You know, so so it's it's also understanding that once you put particular things out there, that uh, the universe and the consequences that come with it, you must be prepared for that. So you know, from a from a branding perspective as well. Whenever I do branding briefs, like for corporate identities or whatever it is, I always say to people, you need to be able to develop a brand mm-hmm. that's wearable across the board. Yeah. So I'm, that brand must look comfortable in whatever space I decide to put it in, whether it's on the back pocket of a jeans, whether it's on the cuff of a shirt, whether it's on the badge of a motor vehicle, whether it's on the menu in a restaurant. Mm. It must not feel out of place. Mm. And that for me is the mark of a really great brand. Um, and being able to take it to the next level. Wow. And Morik, do we have any, um, I know that, uh, we've been seeing, I've seen you since I met, since I knew Morik. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen Morik <laughs> th- with this. Actually, the pin never used to be there in the early days. The pin is a new addition for the last, I think, maybe eight, nine months, yeah. I think. Yeah. But I still love it. A pin, a bow tie, and a pocket square on the same look is just shocker, but it actually works for him and it works with him. And I'm sure that if people decide to replicate that look, it's, it, it will it, never it will work. Never work. Will, not everything works for everyone. I love what G said. I love what G said that it's about having your own aesthetic. You cannot copy how I look because especially or even with my hair up because I wear it with confidence. When it comes to fashion and clothing, the clothing should not wear you, but it is you wearing the clothing and having that confidence. So when you walk into a place and as G said earlier, if you're going into an interview or a big pitch or a big meeting, 
presence of just who you are. Just, you know, I always call it the check tree check. You know, when people look and they look again. And, and, and what he mentioned about having your own personal aesthetic and you have to find that. You have to find what you're comfortable in as a man. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys, they start copying. Now, I look at G and it's like, ah, oh, I like G's style, the swag. Let me try it. It's but not going to work on it's it. Not gonna, I can tell you that it's, already. It's, it's definitely <laughs> but, not going to work but on just to you answer, need the confidence. But, yeah. but what you, the point you're making, Morik, is actually coming back to the question you asked earlier about retail. Because I believe that a lot of the buyers and the stylists are actually doing exactly that. Because they'll go and they'll be like, oh, yes. Yeah, We've absolutely. seen these pictures of Morwick absolutely. and then we see this person. Mm. So when they go there, I mean, even if you go and look at, walk, in, walk through a mall now and look at the shop windows. Mm. The way they start dressing mannequins is because it's like looking at those back pages in, in magazines where it's like, oh, how you can get Miley Cyrus look. <laughs> how you can get, you know, Kate Winslet's look. That's what's happening. And that's unfortunate um, because really... Yeah, it's, you know, it, 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 it even comes down to something like fragrance. Like a lot of people will always say, oh, your fragrance. And I say to people, well, you need to understand, like I have, I have fragrances according to season. So you have a summer fragrance wow. and you have a winter fragrance. Wow. And I layer my fragrances because the chemistry of your body with fragrances changes. It changes. And, and, I, and, you, and the fragrance of the fragrance on your body and on somebody else's body it's is also going to be very different. But wow, gee, how can um, our how can we get a hold of you? Let's just talk about uh, connect. Liz. Let's connect because really But you guys have been tagging me on Yes, on, but on, I just want our I would like our listeners to also be able to connect with you. Um how can they reach you? Uh they can I have like a one page website, GerardFoster.com. Um on Twitter I am at Mr Foster G. That's F O S T E R and the letter G after. Uh Instagram I am G Child where the I is at the number one. Um yeah, Facebook, yes. same thing. And, and G, the reason we want to con- them to connect with you, whether they're going to stalk you or not, I don't know. That's not going <laughs> to be our Liz. business. When we finish here, what happens with your contacts is none of our business normally. But at the same time, I just think that as uh, with the hats that you wear and the type of work that you do, mm-hmm. you may be surprised that people may actually want to connect with you because of the fact that you are a good um, kind of crossover between communications and the look, which mm-hmm. is a big part of how we present ourselves as brands. Yeah. So it's just about connection. But listen, quickly, we're going to just run around the table on the who would you want to address and why, and we're going to start with you. No pressure. Yeah, <laughs> no pressure. Uh, I would like to dress any African statesman, actually. Because I feel that with the exception of our Nigerian presidents, mm-hmm. Like this whole wearing a suit with no edge and you're from the continent. Yeah, like Obama. Like, I'm what's kidding. up with that? <laughs> no, leave Obama alone. Obama, I love Obama. Don't even start with Obama. Can you just why let you, me protect Moe, why my Why are you sounding like an American since <laughs> Obama was born in Kenya? <laughs> leave Obama out of this conversation. You can, the floor is yours. Finish. No, I'm just saying. So, so I just think that there's, there's, there's always been this opportunity for African statesmen with the, with the exception of people like, 
the, the last person I can think of that actually made a statement in fashion was somebody like Kenneth Kawunda mm. with the short sleeve full mm, suit. Kawunda, we call it Kawunda suit. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's a signature look. Yes. But since then, is there anybody that's going to be like, oh no, that's the Kenyatta, that's the Zuma. Oh no, actually I lie. Nelson Mandela with the shirts. Yes. Mm. That was a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. And but Havington just wrote something about him, about his style and his shirts and... And yeah, sorry, I just mm, wanted to throw that in. Yeah, sorry, no, but that was important. Yeah, because, it was. Because he was a statesman. He came yes. with a particular look and it was acceptable. Guys, are you seriously saying there's no other president in this continent, seriously, that has got their little thing going on? Or, Mugabe? It, or do they have swag? No. <laughs> do Mugabe? they have swag? They all have swag. <laughs> what about Mugabe, G? Don't you like his swag? I don't. Mm. I, okay, you know what? <laughs> Morik. Morik is trying to incite us in studio and we're just about off. Uh, Morik, who I would you want to dress? I will resurrect Gaddafi for you, Morik. <laughs> resurrect. <laughs> Morik, who would you want to dress and why? Um, David Beckham, you know, um, just as you were saying, I think he's also one of those characters who's very comfortable in whatever he puts on and what he, what he wears. He wears with great confidence and he brings it across as very, I, I don't know. I mean, just there's something about him that, I can resonate with and that resonates with my style and with who I am and with my brand. So, um, David Beckham for this week. I'm going to say Salif Keita because I have seen Salif's look for years and years. Um, he, it's not that he doesn't look good. I just feel like he needs a revolution or a shake up. We need to do something else. I'm so used to his beautiful hat and his shirt but I, i'm like all white everything yes like he I, feels I like feel the daddy like, of africa yes and obviously his beards have also grown white so i'm like salif keita si tu me si tu comprends si tu vois moi je suis ici à cliff central je m'appelle lisa gumbo je voudrais faire les choses avec toi just mm. in in the sense of how to change the look a bit yes <laughs> how to and look i love g by the way before we get off air i also would love to do something with his beard like g has a nice blondish what what is this a copy brown a ginger beard man. a ginger beard that is so interesting that is so cool i love that about yeah. so salif keita for g. me salif keita but liz i think actually we must also create like some sort of intervention for stevie wonder whoever's <laughs> dressing him <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, guys. <laughs> Gee, you already got your one person. Now you've all, okay, no, but, but this, you know this what? is a collective one. Okay, I'm saying. Okay. I, have, I have a passing shot before we go. It's something that 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 you put on Twitter, and this is also for all the guys that I want to. Style is a way to say who you are. Without, Without having to speak. Anything. I mean, that is absolutely profound. Thank you so much, Liz. Amen, guys. You can join us for more conversations at Fashion Lab. Uh, AF on Twitter. Uh, we are also on www.fashionlabafrica.com and share your thoughts. We're going to be sending some few tweets out just to show you what the beautiful men in the room are wearing today. I'm feeling a bit overpowered, but it's been nice. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. And like Morwick says, download the podcasts for your friends because obviously you heard the show, but <laughs> <laughs> you heard us live, but download them again. We're trying to get our downloads up. Okay. Thank you so much to all our global <laughs> listeners and to everyone for tuning into Fashion Lab. Have a fantastic afternoon and see you next week. Ciao, ciao. Peace. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com.